for Thought on WJR is presented by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. Jerry Brisson joins me in just a few minutes. Distraught over massive financial losses incurred during the year, Adolf Merkel scrawled a suicide note to his family and wandered out the door in a dark, wintry night. He made his way to the railway, where he stood by the tracks and waited in the cold. Spotting the headlight of an oncoming rail car, he threw himself under the train and took leave of this world. As tragic as the suicide was, it would not have received worldwide press apart from one shocking fact. Adolf Merkel was valued at $9.2 billion, ranking 94th on Forbes's 2008 list of world's richest persons. It can, be, it, it can be hard to fathom the extent of Mr. Merkel's wealth, a billion dollars being such a staggering sum. Think of it this way. 9,000 people could each win a million dollars in the lottery, pool their money together, and still have less money than Mr. Merkel was worth. Or the entire nation of Haiti, 8.5 million people, could work for two and a half years without accumulating income equal to Mr. Merkel's portfolio. Perspective gives us the ability to accurately contrast the large with the small, the important with the less important. And without it, we are lost in a world where ideas, news, and information would all look the same. We cannot differentiate, we cannot prioritize, and we cannot make good choices. I am not critical of Mr. Merkel's decision, just sad and disappointed. Perspective is the lens we need to see, not just clearly, but it is the only vision that allows us to see backwards, forwards, and 360 degrees around us during the present. Today, we invite Peter Vogel, the newest CEO in our food bank network here in Michigan. And Peter comes to us from Reno, Nevada, and attended his first Feeding America conference. And he will be with us to share his unique perspective on this work as well. Join Jerry and me in just a few moments as we share some of our positive perspective with our colleague in just a few moments. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back, everyone. As promised, Jerry Peter Vogel, the Executive Director for the Food Bank of South Central Michigan and our newest member of the Food Bank Council of Michigan Board of Directors. So, welcome to Peter. And great to have you, Peter. Uh, As I understand it, you're stuck because you just closed on your house where you were, and so you got nowhere to go now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did buy a house here now, so moved it by the house in Kalamazoo, and um, yeah, we're just now waiting for furniture to move in, so I'm in the transition time, but thank you guys very much. I'm very excited to be in Michigan. It's been a fun place. 
Well, great. Well, tell and us. And the weather's been extremely accommodating already. I do appreciate that. All oh. right. Well, it's, it's our it's uh, our job to serve here. <laughs> so, Peter, tell us a little bit about where you're coming from. You you know you, you sold a house, bought a house, but you know you were you were working um, before you got here, and we stole you stole you away. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, so the quick version is I spent my whole career in not-for-profit. I spent a lot of it working with troubled kids and families through Father Flanagan's Boys Town. Um, the last nine years, I was the CEO of Catholic Charities of Northern Nevada, which is based out of Reno. Um, and like I said, I've just made the move over here. So, yeah, the Catholic Charities exciting, uh, uh, opportunity was really exciting. We really grew it pretty dramatically. Um, I think I grew it in nine years about seven times larger. And, uh, and honestly, we did a lot with food. It sort of became a real focus. We ended up moving almost as much food out of the Catholic Charities in, in, a, um, in a large pantry, the largest pantry in the state. And then we also uh, distributed food to, I think, 112 different sites around the state. So we're moving almost as much food as we are at the food bank here. So I've got some experience with that. But I'm new to the food bank world, so I'm, I'm excited to learn. Well, it's great to have you as a part of our Michigan team here, and you do have a little bit of a perspective about um, distributing food there as um, the CEO at Catholic Charities in northern Nevada, but now you're here in Michigan, and you're the CEO for the Food Bank of South Central Michigan, and tell us a little bit about um, the work of South Central, what area do you cover, and uh, a little bit about your first impressions. So um, it's an interesting food bank here. I would say to some degree, I'm being really, really honest, there's a ton of potential in this food bank, which is part of the, the real appeal I had. I will honestly say I grew up mostly in Nebraska, so coming back to the Midwest is something that my wife and I were looking to do. But this food bank um, this food bank has gone through some transitions of executive directors. I think they've gone through three executive directors over the last, I don't know, three, four years. Um, and they just needed some continuity. So I think the strength of our food bank is kind of what I think of as blocking and tackling. They get food out, they get food in, they do the basic work really, really well. We just need a little bit more strategic uh, thought around how to grow the programs, how to get more food out into the communities. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of the focus I have. And just sort of stabilizing things, you know, strengthening up our board, strengthening up our staff, um, really finding those opportunities to bring in more food and, um, and really focus and really support. We have 340 places that we distribute food to right now. And um, from my perspective, we need to really strengthen the relationship we have with them to, to better understand how we can serve them. Because as you guys understand, you know, food insecurity is really the challenge I have in the eight counties that we're, we're working with down here in southern Michigan. And um, those partnerships through the pantries are absolutely vital and critical. And that's a big focus that I'm going to have is really trying to expand uh, and strengthen the relationships we have with those partners to better understand how we can serve them. So let's talk for a minute about data. I know it's the driest word, but it's the most <laughs> energizing thing when you're trying to solve a problem, right? So, so right. you talked about just, or you mentioned briefly that the the issue of food insecurity in the eight counties you serve and feeding america just released its its most current map the meal gap which which covers every single county in the united states and talks about the food security rate in every county and their press release which is again fairly recent basically said there is no county in the country that doesn't have some 
families struggling with this issue. So when you think about the need in your eight counties, what are you looking at there? You know, Jerry, I think our challenge is a little bit different than um, some of the other ones in the sense that, so we operate out of uh, Battle Creek. Our main offices, our only offices, are really in Battle Creek, which is Calhoun County. And oddly enough, well, maybe, this is, uh, maybe this actually does make sense, we have, we have focused and partnered and collaborated with Calhoun County, I think, really effectively. Um, so I think we're meeting the meal gap challenges there much more effectively than we are in some of the other counties that are a little bit more rural, a little bit more distant from us. Um, my perspective, really, honestly, right now, is to try to take that relationship that the food bank has with Calhoun County and try to expand that out more effectively into the other seven counties. Because I think, you know, when, when you get transportation challenges and they're two or three hours away and getting food out to some of these partners and building the relationships we need with the other pantries, I think that's part of our biggest challenge right now is figuring out how to get more food out into some of the rural areas because that's where we're finding the biggest meal gap deficiencies, I guess. We're meeting the basic goals right now, but we're just, we're not getting as much food out there as we need to. We're not helping as many people as we have the potential to. Well, I think that's the principle of healthy things grow. So as we get healthy internally, we're able to do more externally. He's Peter Vogel. He's the executive director for the Food Bank of South Central Michigan. He's our guest here on Food for Thought. Jerry, Peter, and myself will be back in just a moment. It's Food for Thought on WJR with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're back here on Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in the studio and on our phone, Peter Vogel, the executive director for the Food Bank of South Central Michigan. So, Peter, um, Jerry and I are interested in your perspective. What do you want to hear, Jerry? You know, I... You're you're new to the Food Bank Council of Michigan. You've been to a couple meetings. You you've gotten to see some of the work we've done on the blueprint and actually, you know, the hands Hunger, hunger, hunger Solutions Day. Absolutely right. So you've been right. to the Capitol, you've seen the way we treat each other and the things we talk about, and you were at the Feeding America National Conference also for the first time. And so as somebody who's just kind of starting down this path and getting to know how these systems work. What's your perspective on all that? <laughs> all right. Well, hey, good question. I do appreciate that. Like uh, I said, I have been in that for profit my whole career. Like, the first third was really sort of youth care focused, uh, always kind of model, teacher family model. The second third was really the Catholic Charities world. And now I'm jumping in, and hopefully the last third of my career will all be about food banks. I, w- I will say this. I- I've enjoyed, I've gone to national conferences. I've been, been involved in statewide systems and most of those other organizations. Um, and found it to always be very valuable. Uh, without hesitation, I can say, to start with, the Feeding America Conference was probably, the Food Bank Conference this year, it's probably the best conference I've ever actually been to in terms of substance and uh, connections and value. Um, one of the upsides in the Catholic Charities world, not to get in the weeds too much, but in the Catholic Charities world, we all did so many things so different that it was hard to go to a conference and really get good perspective on the things that we were currently focused in working on. And that's not true in the food bank world. Everybody, well, one of the things that I heard multiple times was, you don't need to recreate the wheel. If you're thinking of something new to do, it's probably already been tried. People have already learned from the mistakes and probably have pretty good ideas. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, 
if you want any help, just give me a call. We're there for you. And I've heard that statewide. That is absolutely true. The, the Food Bank Council, um, I'm really excited to be part of this group and be part of the food bank system in Michigan. I really am. The collaboration, the support, the partnership. Um, you guys have, I've been here for just a couple of months, and you make me feel like I'm just part of the team already. And you have no idea how much I appreciate that. Plus, I know, and this has been the fact, I've gone to, what, three of the food banks already. You've just opened your doors for me and said, this is what we do. And, you know, when I, I needed a little bit of help with building up my volunteer program, it's kind of been in shambles. And everybody I've just talked to have just said, well, let me, I'll give you everything we've got. Let me show you what we're doing and see if you can build off of that. So... It's really a fun group of people. I've really enjoyed it. It's kind of a diverse group of skill sets. But here's the other thing I'll say that I think actually, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, surprises me a little bit. I am really, really impressed with the skill set of at least leadership in the food banks in Michigan and probably the food banks around the country. I think people think a little bit like not-for-profit world of food bank, how complicated could that be? Um, it's way more complicated than I think the average person sort of understands. Um, mm-hmm. This is a really smart, talented, committed um, group of people running food banks around the country. I walked away from that conference really seriously impressed with the skill sets and the, and the volume of people that we can just learn from. I, I'm sitting here thinking I'm not going to have to come up with anything new. We're just, I just have to ask the right questions and find the right people to ask, and I'll get all of the answers <laughs> to really help us build up the food bank in, in South Michigan. I'm really excited about this. You know, it's the, a really a fun group to be part of. There's nothing wrong with stealing when everybody knows what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, thank you for the kind words. I, uh, I mean, I'll certainly echo them from my own experience. I think when we talk about hunger being a solvable problem, One of the things we say is it's only solvable because you have smart people doing the right things, learning what works, scaling those things, and abandoning the things that don't work and and going on to the next thing that might work. I mean, it's that that very logical process of putting things together in the right way with smart people from all over. And certainly, I, I echo your comments about the national experience and the experience of food banks in Michigan. If, if someone hasn't already tried it, um, we also have good methods for how to try the next thing and are walking with each other on that path. And it's exciting to have you be part of it. I, I already can see you're going to add a lot to this conversation, and uh, I'm very eager to you know tap you for everything that you know and can already do. <laughs> well, I think maybe I bring a little different perspective, but um, to be honest with you, I, I'm very sincere about the fact that this is really a smart, talented group of people that I'm very excited and very, very feel very blessed to be part of because I think we have a ton of potential with this food bank to really grow it and really, really make a difference in our communities, really collaborate with a lot of folks that are doing some great stuff down here. Um, and it's your guys' expertise that's going to help us really accomplish what we need to. So I'm excited about this. Well, Peter, we're so thankful to have you on the show here to get your perspective on the work here in Michigan as well as our national work. Um, and so we're, we just have to say officially here on the air, welcome to Michigan. And uh, Peter Vogel, the executive director for the Food Bank of South Central Michigan, we'll look forward to having you back here on Food for Thought in days to come. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Peter. Jerry and I will be back in just a moment. 
You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Brought to you by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Jerry and I are back here on the WJR studio. Uh, Jerry, that was Peter Vogel, who brings a fresh new perspective to our work here in Michigan and obviously to our national network as well. You know, great to talk to Peter. Great to have him on board. Smart, smart man. You know, he's uh, he's got his hands on the reins down there and is, you know, trying to figure out how big that team of horses is and how hard he can drive them. And that's always exciting for us and encouraging that he feels like he's getting the help he needs as he's, uh, you know, newly entering this whole picture. But also, I think for us, nice to have someone who can take fresh eyes at this and really help us look at what are our assumptions? What do we take for granted? How do we account for those things that we just go, oh yeah, that's how it is? Because he'll come in and say, well, maybe not. And that's that's good for all of us. Very healthy. I, I really like that he is a super positive guy and very grateful. And I think he's grateful for the opportunity. He's He's challenged by it. And I think he's grateful for the network and how we've come alongside of him. So it's that's a fresh, you know, we, we, we think that's what we're doing, but now it's nice to hear that, yeah, we actually are. So well, gratitude is a great perspective. And another perspective, some great philosopher once said, the first responsibility of leadership is to define reality. I, I'm sure you can remember the name of that philosopher. Yeah, I, I remember the guy who says that a lot. <laughs> But in any case, um, you know, listening to Peter talk about how he's defining reality for his food bank and understanding he's got some strengths and he's got some weaknesses to overcome and some better service that needs to happen in his counties, uh, that process of defining reality is what we're all doing. And uh, and we talked about map the meal gap yeah. in in part of how we define our reality and and you know Peter absolutely is like yeah you're right in in some of my counties the meal gap is a lot bigger than in others and I got to look at how to balance that service so that everyone that's served by his food bank can have equal access to the resources and of course he's got to get more resources in order to accomplish ultimately what he wants to do well feeding america release the map, the meal gap study, uh, just recently in the last you know week or so, and uh, it's it is a eye-opening, startling um, information that comes out to us every year, and uh, it lends its own perspective. It's a lens that we look at how effective is our network being, and how much more work do we have to do. And so uh, there's some numbers that are associated. You know, we we love data here on Food for Thought. So what's some of the what's some of the data that the map the meal gap study reveals about Michigan, Jerry? Well, I think the most exciting thing that it reveals is that our food insecurity rate in Michigan got better mm. from 16 percent to 14 percent of the population who are reporting that they are food insecure and remembering that that means they are not sure if they are going to be able to have all the meals that they need for themselves and for their household um, every month or every week and so you know the the there's work to be done still 14 percent that's a roughly 1.3 little more than 1.3 million citizens in our state who are still not sure if they're going to have all the food they need every week or every month so work to be done but still nice to hear that there's been improvement 
Well, and 1.3 million people, and that equates down to one in six children. Well, therein lies the worst part of it. Right. So that did not change. Right. Even though the overall numbers got better in terms of the food, secure, food insecurity rate, it's still one in six children, and that was the same from when results were released a year ago. So, so we're not making enough progress there, and, and our work with education is paramount to change that number. And so uh, we, we really have to get on that. Well, we've got to. I mean, the effects of food insecurity on a child's body and mind and emotional development and the, and the effects of that not happening across our economy, across our educational outcomes, across health outcomes, across workforce outcomes, you know, it doesn't matter what we're doing in all of those areas if we're not addressing the food insecurity needs of the children um, and so, hence, food first. Well, I want to also just mention the self-sufficiency standard, because one of the things that's clearly obvious in that piece of work that that we commissioned and, to help us better understand the dynamics of households, it shows in so many ways that families with school-age children are the ones that need the most support in order to overcome the financial challenges of being underemployed or the financial challenges of having a health concern or or any number of other challenges sure. that people have. The cost of child care is substantial for families who want to work right. and often keeps them from being able to work as much as they would. And and, and so, again, we when, when we see these numbers that say our child food insecurity rate is unchanged in spite of the fact that the overall food security rate is better, really highlights how challenging it is for working families to make progress. Well, and I think therein lies the, the, the tale of the tale in that we have to address the policies that make it harder for us to take advantage of a good economy so that we can create food security and people can create food security for themselves. But when you have policies that go counterintuitive to that goal that leads people toward self-sufficiency, then we've got to address those policies on the federal and on the state level. And, you know, I think that a couple of examples of those would be the asset test or that would determine eligibility for people to receive benefits. And they also all the way out to summer feeding programs where, you know, we're, we're involved in congregate feeding for students and for kids that only reaches about 17% of the people who are eligible for the program. And, and that food is, is not being put to the best use. So I think that those are policies that we have to address that make our job even harder. And I think, too, we've talked about how when you, when you scale people off of programs based on their income, but you don't account for the fact that the income they're making still doesn't meet their basic needs, right? Mm-hmm. You, you end up weaning people off of programs too soon, and it disincentivizes work. Yeah. Because going to work means my household income ultimately is going down. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't work supposed to make your household income go up? 
Yeah. So if you want people to work and you want to encourage people who want to work to stay at work, you've got to make sure that the policies that dictate when people come on and off of these programs actually incentivize people staying at work. These work supports. That's exactly right. So those are really, really concrete examples of what we mean when we say we have to look at these numbers seriously. The data overall is promising. The data is overall saying that the combination of the economy and the work of the food bank network and the work of the federal programs are reducing food insecurity. That's fantastic. But children still, one in six, suffering from this, we got to change that. We've got to have better policies. We've got to have more and better work from our food bank network. And we've, we've got to continue to drive a good economy to get that number down. So if you'd like to see the MAP, the meal gap study, you can do so by going to map.feedingamerica.org. And you can see the MAP, the meal gap for the entire nation, but specifically, you can see it for Michigan. That's map.feedingamerica.org. Jerry, let's come back and uh, I think we've got a pretty significant announcement to make here on Food for Thought about one of our food banks here in Michigan. I think you guys want to come back and hear this. Come back and be with us. Welcome back to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. We're back here on Food for Thought. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. And uh, Jerry, we're talking about perspective. And a pretty significant event happened a few weeks ago in Phoenix, Arizona, at the National Conference for Feeding America. Now, Feeding America is a national organization of all the food banks in America, about 208 of them. And uh, they give out uh, one award every year. It's their highest award. Uh, It's the most coveted, sought-after award. I explained it to some folks, like, it's like winning the Nobel Prize in the world of food banking. And so it's very significant. People work for years and decades to reach this plateau of excellence. And uh, I'm happy to announce that um, the Gleaners Community Food Bank, under your leadership, uh, has received the Food Bank of the Year Award for 2019 from Feeding America. And so it just doesn't seem like the word weighs enough, but congratulations. Well, it was an amazing thing to be there for. I mean, you don't know when you walk in if you're going to win or not. We knew that we were one of the finalists, and uh, there's a lot for me to say about my team and how proud I am of that team. And and when I accepted the award, I talked about my team. I talked about the Michigan Food Banks. I talked about the help that Feeding America has given over the years. But we've actually got some audio from that night that that really highlights some of the reasons that Gleaners was selected this year. Let's listen to it. I want to thank my team. I mean, I have an amazing team. Uh, everybody has an amazing team. But uh, I'm going to tell you, I have a team here with me, Cheryl and Linda. Thank you for uh, joining me. Um, and uh, the cooperation between me and Kirk. Is Kirk here? 
you hear Kirk? He's right. You know, I love those guys. I love every one of them. The men and women who run the food banks in Michigan are, and Phil Knight, who leads our state association. We've done so much together in the last five years to learn from each other, whether we're big or small or anywhere in between, to continue to challenge each other, respect each other, and really understand how to move things forward. So there's so many more things that could be said, but it is a privilege and an honor to be given this award. Um, I certainly don't feel any more deserving than anybody else in this room. You're all phenomenal people, and thanks for all you've done to help us be the best we can be. Wow. So that was a great speech. Uh, some of the words that Claire had to say, the CEO for Feeding America, and then in your acceptance speech, I, you know, I'm... You know, you do what leaders do, and that is you. if something goes wrong, you accept more of the blame than you should, and when something goes right, you give away more than the credit, and that's certainly what you did. But I want to say, too, that I was really excited of how our network of food banks in Michigan reacted to you and Gleaners uh, being awarded the Food Bank of the Year out of the nation and that they ran literally to you after the award ceremony and all the speech making and pictures to congratulate you. They were really super proud that that this had occurred for you and for Gleaners. Well, I think the thing that made me most happy is the feeling was we won, mm -hmm. not you won. Yeah. Right? The feeling was we won. We won, Jerry, we won. And and to me, that speaks to the culture that I want to have in my food bank and the culture that we have at the Food Bank Council of Michigan. We are a team. We're working on this together. And when we talk about bringing new investors into this work, I want them to feel like they won, right? Because mm -hmm. I believe fundamentally that when food security is solved, in fact, we all win. Yeah. And so my biggest hope uh, from this experience is that every one of you who are listening now feel like you won, that you are part and parcel of this movement and the people who are making a difference for those in our community who are worth investing in. And that's why the award came our way. Because we're thinking about this problem in a, in a different way, in a way that's bringing more solutions because we're bringing a lot of smart people with us, right? So every innovation that we got lauded for, whether it's our mobile grocery program or our work with healthcare or our collaborations with our partner Forgotten Harvest or the work we're doing in education, and there were several others as well that, that were highlighted as mm -hmm. why we were the ones that received the Food Bank of the Year Award. In my mind, every single innovation is about bringing those new investors, bringing our community, bringing the clients all to the table and saying what is going to work best so that we're not just spending more money, but we're understanding our impact in a deeper way. And the whole country said, bravo, Michigan, bravo, Southeast Michigan. You're leading us in new ways, and we know more now to solve this problem for every citizen in our country, in our state, and in our community. Well, it's working. I mean, we just reported in the last segment that our MAP, the Meal Gout study, that's a nationwide study by Feeding America, the food insecurity rate in Michigan has dropped by two percentage points over the last five years. 
I think that's a pretty significant drop. And I guarantee you, if you're one of those 2%, you're appreciative. Your perspective has changed. No question about it. Well, and there's some things that we've done in our food bank to change our perspective. So I'm going to call out a few of those things. We brought to our operations a 30-plus year veteran from General Motors who knew more about operations than we knew there was to know about it. Now, that doesn't mean our food bank wasn't good before. We were great before. But you start to bring perspectives like that to the table you start to get different answers, better answers, more thorough answers. I mean, our efficiency numbers have gone up. I look at my my program uh, person, my vice president of programs, Rochelle Benelli. She has been a pioneer in understanding the link between health and food security and has done so much to help us expand nutrition education. And why is that important along with the food we serve to reduce waste, mm-hmm. to improve dignity, to to really show the link between all the things we have to do to help the people we serve. I mean, I'm just so proud of her and, and her lifetime of investment that she's made to this. And and I look at my human resources department and how they've improved how we communicate with our team and and all of the things we do to make sure everybody feels like they're making a difference. And I could, I mean, really, literally just keep going on about how proud I am of the people that work for me. So I know I'm taking a little bit of a soapbox no, minute right. here, but, uh, but it really is, um, it just gives me goosebumps to 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 have that kind of expertise on my team that's driving these kind of changes. So this shows about perspective, right? So um, one of the reasons Gleaners was selected as Food Bank of the Year by Feeding America, again, the highest honor that they give out, um, is because of not only the programming and not only the excellence in leadership, um, the excellence in how your uh, financials are handled. Um, you know, you have a, the highest rating from Charity Navigator. You, um, you know, you have an independent audit every year. So people feel good about all of our food banks in the state. And obviously, there's never a question about any of your financials. And I think people get a lot of confidence from that. But all those things are great and good and contributed. But I have to say that the healing that has gone on, and we've had Kirk Mays, the CEO at Forgotten Harvest, here on the show a couple of times, and y'all have talked about that in one particular show in our first year of doing Food for Thought, and I think that caught the attention of the leadership of Feeding America, that you and Kirk worked together to establish not just a business and a professional relationship, but a friendship, and from that has grown healing between both organizations and healing in the community because you're both serving the community far better uh, than what had happened in years past. And I don't think that we can just skip over that. That was a, a significant contribution. And so when you say we won, I th- I really think that, yes, you and Kirk both won. I certainly feel that uh, very strongly. And, uh, you know, Kirk and I just had dinner recently to, to continue to not just improve our relationship, but to improve every aspect of how our work together makes us both stronger. And that's how we approach everything we do. And it has made a tremendous difference to us and I'm sure to them as well. Well, one other thing I think that bears mentioning in Food Bank of the Year is it's about the program and it's about the people, but, but you brought a different perspective 
And that is the people that we serve are worth investing in. It's not just about charity. And I think that's a perspective that that has caught on, not just here in Michigan, but really is something that's being embraced across the nation. And we can prove it. You know, that's the, uh, it, it might seem like, well, is it that important to be able to prove it? It is that important because when we prove it, we can come to what is the return on an, on that investment. And mm. it is so substantial for so many people. And you mentioned them earlier in this show, healthcare, employers, education, mm. all of them benefit tremendously from food security, and that's what investment means, right? You invest, and you get a return, and that return is substantial, and we're proving it every day. Everybody wins when we do. That's exactly right. Well, it's time for a little food for thought. Perspective and attitude share at least one thing in common, and that is those two things are often the only things you have control over. You don't have control over the situation most of the time, But you have a choice about how you view it and what your attitude will be about it. I think many of the people we serve have remarkable resiliency regarding their attitudes and therefore their perspectives. I think it behooves us all to remember to keep gratitude as a guiding principle for both our attitudes and perspectives. I often think the thought, yet for the grace of God, there go I whenever I see someone in hardship. Gratitude, like few other forces in life, has the power and the potential to change our perspective. Be thankful. It is the best life. I'm grateful you listened to our show today. And if you've missed any of our thought-provoking, award-winning shows, then subscribe to them at foodsecuremichigan.org. Until next week, remember, it's food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.